Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Welcome. It is Wednesday, and it is Chavzayin Thomas. Now, Wednesday, I don't give classes in Beis Medrash and Nashim Rabbanus 770, so I made the decision that I'm going to teach a Maimir. But I did promise to come on around noon, and now it's 5 o'clock, which means that I lost my Israeli audience. I should apologize to myself, because Reitz uh, Mimasha about ha. It's just technical uh, things uh, held me back from giving the class earlier. So here we are. As they say in Yiddish, it's better to do it late than not to do it at all. Um, I want to begin. This is not, if, you, if, you, if you looked at my WhatsApp groups, I sent out the PDF. Could be Nechal put it up on. This is a Maimah from 1952, from Tavshin Yud Beis, and it's a Maimah of Shlach, and we're holding Pinchas. So I guess I'll start with this, that there's a, a Shail in the Gemara. When you have a Rav in the Talmud, a teacher and a student. So there's a special Gzeres HaKosov, which is called Ba'olov Imei. That if you uh, borrow something from your friend, and a Shail is called Anor Shaloi, and therefore it's Chayv in the Nainzin. But if so it's it's in other words, it's not something that you can necessarily explain logically. If when you borrowed an object from somebody else, that person was also working for you, so your potter even for minus. Your potter he says it could even be from Shia, but you're sure potter for minus and we can name of that's a special Balavim applies to as well. So the Gemara has a Shiloh at Avana Talmud. A teacher and a student. So who's the balabayas and who's the shayel? In other words, is the teacher the chooser of what they learn? And therefore, when the student borrows something from him, it's shayla babaylim. Or is the student in charge of what they learn? And therefore, when the teacher borrows from the student, that would be shayla babaylim and not the other way around. And the Gemara's answer is that it depends what time of year is. The time of Yom Tif, then the students are the balabas and the teacher is the shayel. But not during Yom Tif, the teacher is the balabayas and the students are the shayel. Because not during Yom Tif, the teacher gets to choose what to teach. So I'm teaching you, and you're not coming on to do me a favor. Obviously, if you're listening to the shir live or after the recording is done, you're doing it because you want to learn chsidus. And of course, I'm very happy and delighted and flattered and honored that you're choosing to learn chsidus with me. But no one is doing this out of the goodness of their heart. No one comes to learn chassidus in the middle of an afternoon because you want to do some rabbi who's bored a favor. But I get to choose what we learn. I get to choose what we learn. And this is how it breaks down. Um, one of the things that I've had the incredible schos to teach over the course of my years as a teacher have been the memorandum of the Rebbe, of our Rebbe. The Nasty of our generation. Like the Rebbe writes in letters, Ein lanu ella. We have one Rebbe. And the idea that we're learning his Torah, his Hasidus, is an incredible schuss for us. And um, I don't know how many years ago it is by now, 13 or 14 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, we started a regime in Beis Medrash, 770, in addition to what I was doing with the boys in Yeshiva, 
to learn the Maimodim of the Rebbe al the Maimodim the Rebbe in order. We went backwards. We did first Nunalaf and Memtes and Memches, then Memzayin, then Memvov, then Memhei, then Memdalad, then Memgimel, then Membeis, then Memalaf, then Mem, then Lametes, then Lametes, then Lametzayin. This is our twelfth year. I'm counting with my fingers here. And we learned every single Maimodim of the Rebbe going backwards. We're almost done with Lametzayin. In addition, with the boys in yeshiva, I went forward. I went from Yudalaf up. Until about Yudzayin, I think, I have about half to my modem each year. Then the situation in yeshiva changed. I was no longer able to do that, or we chose to do something different. So we have uh, quite a few my modem of the Rebbe already available on InsideChasidus.org. People are always asking me, did you do this moment this moment And usually they ask me because they can't find it, which means we didn't do it. And Friday, we're going to learn a Maimed from Lamed Zayin, from our regular year, which is where we're holding, which is a, a Maimed of Rishchidish. That's going to be the Maimed we're going to be learning. This coming Friday. Um, and of course, this year, Tavshin Pe'alaf is exactly the same arrangement as it was in Tavshin Lamed Zayin 1977, so it works out perfectly. This Shabbos is also Rishchidish for us, so the Rebbe said, We're going to learn the Maimed on Friday. But if we're going to learn the extra Maimed on Wednesday, I get to pick what? And here's my decision. Online, at InsatChasidus.org, we have every single Maimed, every single Maimed from Tavshin Yudalaf 1951. Could be some of them are not complete, could be some of them are done very quickly. The Maimodim that I gave in Yeshiva, depending on the group of Talmidim, could be more concentrated and less concentrated. And from Tufshin Yud Beis, 1952, I'm missing three. The Maimod of Shlach, the Maimod of Yud Tammuz, and uh, the Maimod of Eder Rosh Hashanah to Yud Gimel. So I'm hoping to go forward, to be Mashlim. In other words, we're going backwards from the end to the beginning, and we're going to go up from the beginning towards the end. So this week I'm going to teach Shlach, and Hashem is going to give us help, and Koyach, and Zchus. Next week we'll do Yudbis Tamas. So today we're learning a Maimed of Shlach. It's a few weeks behind. We're holding Namatas Masei. It's a Shlach, Shlach, Kedach, Chukas, Bolok, Pinchas, Matas Masei. It's a month and a half ago. But it's Taita, and the way Taita works is Kala Isaac, but Taita Ki'ilu. Taita is always on time. There's something between Taita Mitzvahs. The Taita is called Chayayaylam. It's not like Tefillah, which is connected to time. You daven for what you need when you need it. Like Vasein Talamatra in the winter, Vasein Brachi in the summer. Taita, you could learn any piece of Taita at any time, and it's always the right time. So we're learning of Aymer Chasidis on Parashashlach, even though it's already, uh, as the Rebbe says, Noch for July. It's already officially summer. It's after 4th of July, which was a Sunday, I think. But nevertheless, we're learning this Maimon of Shlach. This Maimon of Shlach is a classic. It's a typical Maimon. I mean, there's a lot of Maimon. The Kutatera of Shlach, I think, is the longest of any Barsha. And of course, a lot of it's about the Meraglim. But one of the discussions you have in the Kutatera on Shlach is to explain the idea of libation, of pouring wine on the Mizbeach. Which means practically every time a carbon was brought in the base of Mikdash, along with the meat, there was flour and oil and wine. This was not brought with a chatos, with a sin offering, or with an ashram, which is also a sin offering, but it was brought, brought with an oilah, and it was brought with a shlamim, and it was brought with a toida, which is a form of a shlamim. You brought along a mincha and a nesach, flour, oil, and wine. 
in practical terms, it's like eating meat in a meal. So you eat it with bread, that's the flour and the oil. And with wine, to be misameach, to bring joy into the meal. Which of course explains why when you bring a chatas or an asham, since there's sin offerings, you don't have the mincha and the nesach. And in Pashas Shlach, you have what's called Pashas HaNesachim, the section of the Tehidah that deals with libations, these Nesachim, the flour, the oil, and the wine. Why is it in Pashas Shlach? So in Pshutam Sheldvarim, Pashas Shlach describes the, uh, the spies returning and saying that we can't go down to Israel. And of course, all the Jewish people agree with the spies and Abish gets very upset and Meisha gets very upset and the end of the story was the Menagrim themselves are killed and all of Kal Yisrael is told that they're going to be 40 years in the Midbar and they're not going to go into Yisrael until this generation dies out and of course what follows is that the Jewish people go up they decide they decide to grow up anyway and Meisha says don't go and they go up and they're killed by the Knanim, Kashe Yaksana Advoidim, Adchormo, and so on. Meaning it doesn't work out well, right? Pasha Shlach is not a happy Pasha for the most part. The Menagla want to stay in the Midbar and they essentially get what they want. They end up staying in the Midbar, but they spend 40 more years in the Midbar. And Tapcham Sharamatem Lavaz So the story essentially adds up to the Jewish people are supposed to go in Dead Israel and the plans are changed. They spend 40 years in the desert. And then comes Pashas Nesachim. So Rashi says that the continuation between Pashas Nesachim and the story of the Meraglim is Kan Bisran right after the end of the story of the spies. And they're told to turn around and go back because they're going to spend 40 years in the desert. They're told you may spend 40 years in the desert but you will eventually go into Eretz Yisrael. He was, he, he was Mavasir he gave them the good news that they're eventually going to go into Eretz Yisrael. So the pastor begins, So the simple continuity, the simple Hemshech, is that after the story of the Meraglim, where the Jewish people were punished, that the delay, that going at Yisrael is going to be delayed by 40 years, he says, but you're going to get there. That's the Poshet Pshat. As they say in Chassidish Jargon, Chassidish Arum. But Chassidish reads much more into this that the mention of the Mincha and the Nesachim after the story of the Meraglim is not only a besura, a good piece of news about going into Eretz Yisrael because Bisran Shei Konsu he promised them they can go into Eretz Yisrael but that there's something about the Mincha and the Nesach which is consistent with the whole theme of going into Eretz Yisrael said in other words there is something about a carbon without a Mincha and a Nesach which would be consistent with the Meraglim and there is something about a carbon with the Mincha and Nesach which is consistent with going into Eretz Yisrael. And as you'll see in this Maimed, a carbon without a Nesach is called a Rotzei Belish Shev. You're running to Hashem, you're going in one direction and you're not coming back. And a carbon with the Mincha and Nesach is a Rotzei with the Shev. And that's the Oymek of it, right? In the Midbar, which is where the Meraglim hoped to stay, you have a Rotzei Belish Shev. When you come into Eretz Yisrael, and in Eretz Yisrael, the Avayda is Shuv, along with Ratzos, you're going to bring a carbon Mincha and Nesach, because the Mincha and the Nesach, this is the Shuv of every single carbon. This is basically how Hasidus is going to explain the Pasha of the Nesachim. And this is how Hasidus explains the Smichus, right after the story of the Meraglim, the story of the Mincha and the Nesach, 
because the Meraglim wanted Ratzay Belishuv, Et Yisrael is Ratzay Vishuv, a carbon is Ratzay, the Menchah the Nezach is the Shuv of the carbon. That's the continuity, that's the flow. That's the Hemshech Advarim. The Maimorim, going back to the Alter Rebbe, when they bring the Sugit, they connect it to Kola, Kere, Krishma, Belay Tfilin. It's as if he brought a, min, a carbon Belay Menchah, Vezadach Belay Nezach. That the Ratzay Vishay, which is a carbon and a Menchah and a Nezach, in the life of a person is Krishma and Tfilin. Krishma is Ratzu, Tfilin is Shuv. One without the other is like Karma without an Esach. And the Chazal also say, You're going to see this in Mitzvah Hashem inside on page Shin. On page Shin Yud Zayin. That Krishma without Tfilin is made in Shekabiyatsme. Karma without Mincha, which is compared to Tfilin. Krishna without film is therefore also made a Shekhabiatsme. These are all the ideas that the Alter Rebbe presents in his Maimon explaining of Mincha and Nesach. In short, the Pashas Hanesachim follows the story of the spies, not just because Bisan she consul others because he's promising them that they're going to go into Israel, but because it has to do with the nature of the avoid that the Yidna are going to do in Israel. Now, we're going to learn this Maimon for the most part in order, except that we're going to learn Sif Beis and Gimel, and then we're going to go back and read the, the questions. We're going to read about Karbanis, Sif Beis. We're going to read about the Nesachim, Sif Gimel. Then we're going to go back and learn the beginning of the Maim, and then we're going to go straight. I kept on questioning whether it was necessary to do this. I just think it's the right way to do it. Let's first learn the optimum, the ideal idea of a Karban Natsuratsu, and the, the Nesachim, which is Shev, and then we'll go back and learn the Maimed, which connects uh, the Mincha and the Nesach to uh, going into Israel. I'm not. I'm still not certain if I'm going to be able to do this in one class. Or I'm going to have to divide this into two classes. It depends how the Maimer goes. It's a seven-page Maimer, which can either be considered very long or very short. I, I don't think this is a very long Maimer. Uh, we'll see how the clock holds up and how my koya holds up. I'd like to do it in one sitting. If I don't, I'll have to stop at some point and then continue tonight to Mitzvah Hashem. Uh, but I'm not sure. So I want to jump right into the Maimer, okay? I'm going to start with Patek Bays, which is on page Shin Yodalad. If you have a text, uh, you can follow us inside. Before you can talk about coming into Israel and Nesachim, we have to explain first the difference between Karbonus and Nesachim. What's the difference in a carbon, which is burning up the meat of the Mizbeach and pouring the wine? I know, Hefresh, but based on Yarm Shekabonus Gufa, when a person brings the carbon, in the carbon itself, you have both a carbon. And in Nesach, you have the part which the Mizbeach eats. And the spilling of the wine, what's the difference between these two parts and the carbon itself? And Alpiza Yuvan, and by understanding the difference between carbon and Nesach, will understand that there is Inyan, Hanesachim, Shayach, that the idea of pouring wine is connected especially to going into Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe begins to explain what is the carbon. I guess I should give you a little quick Comment the Rebbe has a sikh and the sikh is called Klamet Beis and Vayikra, where the Rebbe asks the question, Why by Karbonus does it say, it's a Rashi sikh actually, <coughs> why by Karbonus does it say, Nachasruch Lafone Shemarti Vinasar Etseni, why Dafka by Karbonus does it say that the Ebish gets Nachasruch and bring a carbon? There's so many other mitzvahs, why Dafka by Karbon? And the Rebbe has a mud in the Kavod, because Karbon means sacrifice. I give with no intent of getting back. Since a carbon is a sacrifice, I give it to no intent of getting back, you say, Because the concept of a carbon is going away from here and burning up an elokos. Period. That's it. 
says the Rebbe, the Hine, and Yenakabanus, Nikra Bishem Esh, Kabanus are called fire. Like it says in the Pazig Vasisem Isha, and it also says Kabanilachma the Isha. We know what fire means, three lines in the bottom of a page in Yudalat. Fire is rising from below to above. Okay, do I say the when you say the Eishas, how do I say this? There are four elements. Earth and water are going down. Wind is considered going laterally from side to side, even though there's, of course, temperature effects, expansion. But its idea is not to go upwards. The Ilu Tevahesh, last words on page Shin Yudala, the nature of fire is Lalis Lamal to ascend upwards. Vahainu, this means on top of Shintas Vovna, the phenomena of physically going from a lower place to a higher place. It's in physical things, that's Biyasaydaesh. Everything physical is heavy. Everything physical has a mass, a weight, a density. And therefore, everything physical is going down towards the center of gravity, to what's bigger than it. The physical exception to that rule is fire. It's a physical thing, but it's ascending, it's going up. Wherever you put fire, it's rising up. So physically, fire represents the concept of ascent, while all other physical things either represent falling down or at least staying in the same latitude. Fire physically is to go up. And that's why Kabanus Nikri B'Shemesh, Kabanus are called fire, the content of carbon is to go upwards. And the Rebbe continues three lines in the page in Tezvav, in this notion of says in all carbonus. It says in the passage, you're bringing a fire to Baruch when you're bringing an oil or a zevach. Oil is a carbon which is called Hashem, completely eaten by the Mizbeach. And zevach is any color, shlomo is not eaten by Hashem, it's eaten mostly by the host, by the Balabayas. And even a zevach is also called Ishal Hashem, which means Ali, all carbonus, the concept of a carbon is to raise it from below to above. So the first idea is carbonus are called fire, and fire is rising up. Now goes number two. Number two is so interesting. And the reason it's interesting is inconsistent with so many of my mother we've learned. Shame, chakabonasas from the crime bishame, just like fire carbonus themselves are called fire. Like it says, Vasisim Isha. The place on high where the carbon reaches and touches. Nikras B'Shem Eishah is also called fire. Like it says, Lachmel Eishah Eishali, which goes on Malochim. And particularly Srafim. That Srafim are the Tnu HaShalaliyah, they're going upwards. Right, this is Moirindik, right? Karbani Lachmel Eishah, in Tafesh Bem Gimel, in Rabbanachi Yaposach, and in many other Maimorim. They bring this Pasach as Karbani Lachmel Eishah, and they bring Yesh Mepharshim, that means the Chaykim say that Isha goes on Malach. They say in the Maimodim, Isha goes on Malachim, which are called Srafim. Even though if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam writes that Isha means the Malachim, they're cut off from Adregesish, the lowest level of Malach. But most places, when you learn Chasidus about Karbonas, we don't agree with this, Yashmafash. We don't say that the Karbonas are for the food of Malachim. We say Karbonas is food for the Abish to himself. Rayanas, Irayasi, Panasasi, right? Pischli, Achis, Irayasi, Yanasi, Zamasi. There's a pasuk, and I'm not, I don't remember the pasuk. It's pasuk Shirashirim. Dimisicha Rayasi. Yeah, I forgot how the pasuk begins, but the Yidna called the Rayan. They give the Eibush to Mizenis. So Chasidus typically, when it brings the concept of Ishai, does not accept the Yesh Mefarshim that it goes on the Malach. But this Maimer does. And these are based on the little details in my modem that many people overlook that create contradictions in my modem, they create dynamics, complications in my modem, 
and they create, you know, the famous Lashon of Rashi, we're learning a Maimir, and the Rebbe is insisting in this Maimir, said that Ishi means Malochem, that are called Srafim, even though in so many Maimorim it says exactly the opposite. It's not a Kasha, because it's not a Lochel only a Lochel you have to Paskin. If it's not a Lochel it's Eilu Ve'Eilu Divide Lekim Chayim, but it's just interesting how this Maimir goes in a different direction than the classic Hasidic insight into Karbonas that we say the Karbonas is Lechem Ta'akadosh Baruch and here we're saying it's Lachmil Ishei for the Malachim that are called Srafim now Eish fire is going up says Malachim that are going up but in one moment he's going to say something that looks contradictory the Malachim Gufa amongst angels themselves Nikraim B'Shem Eimdim Srafim Malachim called fire, actually called standing still. First we say they're going up, and then we say they're standing still. Like it says, that Malachim are called Oimdim. Now usually when we contrast Oimdim to Malachim, Malachim means Nisham is Yisrael. Here we're translate, contrasting Malachim to Oimdim. Malachim could mean Malachim that are called Chayis. But certainly Srafim are called Oimdim. And he explains, but there are different levels of Nisham is. Malachim. There are malacham that are called chayes, they're constantly in motion. They're not even shape. And malacham that are called srafim, that are called aimdim, like it says in the Pasuk, srafim aimdim imale. And standing still. In this maimah, it is considered on a higher level than being in motion. Even though in other maimahim, when we compare and contrast neshamas to malacham, and we say that malacham are standing still. And the shamas are called mahalachim, there's a mailin mahalach, we're saying it the other way around. Malachim that are called Oimdim standing still are on a higher level than Malachim which are called Chayas that are Ratzei Veshev which is the opposite of being still. And he explains why this is. I'm on page Shintazlov exactly middle of the page near the number 13. Well, Inyamazah the reason why Srafim are standing still and Chayas are in motion. And the standing still of Srafim is considered higher than the being motion of the Chayas. As Chayas is Beilam HaYitzira Chayas HaKedashor and Yitzira Fanim or Nasiya Srafim are in Bria. And Elam is in Yenamidis, emotions, which is the idea of Hispoilos. Hispoilos means you don't act, you react. You don't proact, you react. Mides react to something other. Elam is a reaction to something else, which is Elam Ayetzirah Says the Rebbe, Shezehu in The concept of Elam Ayetzirah, which is emotions, and most more importantly, reactive and responsive emotions means change. Which is why you have the change, the constant change of Ratzi Vesheva being in motion, hither and thither, and they're not aimed at they're not standing still. Standing still means in a perpetual state of bittel. And the Sraf, Mashaykin, Asraf, Mebechin, Asamidah, Tamidah, Asraf, Malachim, Gotraf, called standing still, the Loishin, they don't move. Because through the Elam, Abriya, we have Chachmanas, Chachmas, Sebinas, Sebidaite, Chabad, of the Abishas in Briya. Like it says in Zayan, Tukun, Zay, Eme, Law, Makana, Lubu, Kursaya, that Elam, Abriya is the world of Bina. That's a malachim called Tzrafmar standing in one place. Not they're standing in one place because they lack life, but they're standing in one place because Nisrafim, Achmas, Abitl, Shalem, they're being burnt up in their bitl. So the malachim called Tzrafim standing still is in a higher madrega. The malachim called Tzchayis, Ratzi Veshev. And the Amid is connected to the idea of Eish, to the principle of fire. Is it not true that we find by Chayis also called being in motion? But on the Trapenekan Feyim. I'm sorry, standing still. So the Rebbe answers, Yeah, can stand still, but they stand still when the Malachim above them stop. I didn't look up the Pasuk in Yecheskel, but if you're familiar with the Yecheskel, he says, 
will be Nasi Achais, Nasi Fadim, when the Har Malachim are raised, the Law Malachim follow them, and when the Har Malachim go down, the Law Malachim follow them as well. So the, I, I wrote on the margin that Al Derachzeh, when the Srafim stand in a state of Amida, they affect that the Chayes should be in a state of Amida, but the, the Chayes by themselves are not safe to shave. When Bria shines into Yitzira, kinds of the Chayes are Kedish, then they stand still, they become bottle. As they are by themselves, since Malachim called Chayes are not in that world. They're not standing still, and they're constantly changing. So, change in this Mayur is a chesar, right? Usually we say Mahalach and Aymid, Mahalach is better than Aymid. Because Mahalach goes on in the Shaman, Aymid goes on in Malach. Here it's Faket. The Aymid is better than the Mahalach. Aymid means total bittle, the Mahalach is lesser bittle than that. The Chayas Akedesh are lesser bittle, and the Israfim are a greater bittle. Three lines in the bottom page. This is the pshat in the pasuk. That the carbonus are bread for the malachim called ishim. That goes on malachim bechlal. Malachim eat carbonus. Especially those malachim called srafim that are in one place. What is that one place? They're constantly rising upwards, which is the concept of ish. And again, I'm repeating. This is very inconsistent with what you have in so many other maimorim. That the carbonus are for the Abishtah, this Maimed is different. This says Maimed is going Malachim, the carbonus go for the for the Malachim. And of course, certainly there's a way of resolving that they shouldn't be contradictory. Perhaps you don't even need it, Eben. You can just think a little bit, you'll understand that there's different aspects. But this Maimed is focusing on this aspect that the carbonus is a Leah to Elam Abriah, which is connected to the Nisham, to the Malachim. And we, so to speak, give chayes to the malachim, which in the malachim called tzrafim, this expresses itself in being a condition of being standing still. In other words, that kolosi in our karbonus, the idea of a carbon altogether. Hey, in our karbonus, both the karbonus themselves that are called fire. As well as the source to which the karbonus are lifted, is both ash. Kabbalas down here are called ishai, and the karbonus go back to tzrafim, which is also called ishai. Turn to page in Tezayim. Showing in our law, you see we get that kill. This is going up and going out of vessels. So the concept of carbon is ratzu to go away from this world into a higher world, and the malacham called tzrafim. This ratzu is in a state of amida. Not that they're stuck in their uh, in their ratzu, but the ratzu is so constant, so perpetual that they're in an amida of ratzu. And that's the first thing you have to know about a carbon, that the concept of a carbon is ratzu going up from below to above, and that's why it's called fire. And then he adds, to where do the carbon ascend? Even though the carbon is being makafanefshabahamis, it goes till Havaya, like it says Ishala Havaya. And the Rebbe says, Inyan Shema Vaya is because Havaya is Mahava. And a day the fact that through a carbon you reach till Havaya, you reach even higher than Havaya. Which is the idea of a Raza the Korban, which reaches Raza the Ain Safe, the secret of the carbon, not just the secret of the Ain Safe. So there's two levels here. The first level is when a person brings a carbon, the carbon goes up to the maloch. Then it goes up to Shema Vaya, which creates all of the worlds. And then it goes even higher than Shema Vaya, which is the source of all the worlds. And this is the Pshat and the Zoya, Rosa, the Korban, Ela, Rosa, the Save, the secret of Kabbalah goes up to the secret of Shema Vaya. In other Maimorim, they talk about Kabbalah having various steps. You sacrifice the animal soul, you bring the person close. You make the person have sacrifice. Two atzilas, from below atzilas, two atzilas, in atzilas, and from atzilas, higher than atzilas. How this is going to play out in this moment, I don't know. 
But the general idea is that the union of a carbon is to ascend upwards. First of all, to the Madrega of the Srafim. Second of all, to the Madrega of Shema Vaya, that carbon is at the Shema Vaya, like it says for him. And thirdly, to hide an Avaya, because it's called the Yain Seif. I know this means, Charkabon, it's Atzmon, the Kabbalists themselves, the Yosem, Yad, Bishkin, Shem, Avayi, they go up to Lavayi. But ultimately, Ayadeh, Yaldi, Bechol, Amadrei, Gizvei, Tzim, Gizri, Akelim, they go up to all levels, and they go out of all the boundaries of all limitations of vessels. Nasa, Liyad, the Raza, the Ain't Safe, not only the Kabbalists go up to Latzilis, it goes till the secret of Ain't Safe, which is higher than Latzilis. And that's the Deek, Raza, the Kobane, Raza, the Ain't Safe, only the Raz, in order for a Kabbalist to not only reach Latzilis, but for a carbon to reach a lukut, which is higher than Atzilus, you have to know the secret, you know the Raz. And then you go up to the Madrega of Raz, the secret of Ein Seif. So carbones are fire, they're going upwards, they're going away, they're a phenomenon associated with sacrifice of self. That's why they're called fire, that's why they feed the Malachim that are called Ishim, that's why it's up till Havaya, it goes up even higher than Shem Havaya, and so on and so forth. This is a carbon. So a carbon is a sacrifice. A carbon is a sura mikan from to go away from here to go there. Or to say it in practical terms, we live in a world, the world is the opposite of godliness. On some level and in many ways, it's the enemy of godliness. And we're trying to get out of here. A carbon is an endeavor, it's an exercise of going away from here and going over there. Til srafim, which is el mabriya, til havaya, which is el ma'atzilus, and then raza the ain't safe, which is even higher than shem Okay, slicha. We're moving on. Amnam inyan hanesach. Along with a carbon, there's a nesach. There's a libation. There's pouring wine. Somehow the mincha, the flour, and the oil, even though they actually one of them is beach, are in a similar category. And I'm not sure exactly how, but certainly the spilling of wine is the opposite of rotz. And the Rebbe explains how. Hanesachim shebekarbanis hu hamshach alamato dafka. The concept of an Eisach has to bring Godliness from a higher level to a lower level. Which is Heipecha Karbonus, is the exact opposite of a Karbon. Shen Yarem Hu the Karbon is about ascent. Moreover, Haloi Lamai 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 the ascent is Tilda Madreig of Srafim, Tilda Madreig of Avaya, Tilda Madreig of Razadein Seif. Ve'ilu Nesachim, the concept of what the wine that you're pouring is exactly the opposite. The idea is to pour the wine that it should go as low as possible. How low? Lower and lower still. The very lowest place, which is the idea of Nesachim. That you pour the wine on the Mizbech on top, and it would spill over the side till the Yesoid. And in the Yesoid there were holes. Basically it was a drain. And it went down through those holes into the sheetin, which were underneath the base of Mikdosh. They poured it on top of the Mizbech. They would go into the two nostrils, which sat by the Yeshayid, where the, the wine would spill down into those two nostrils. And that they were howl over Yerdim. And that the Hema goes down till the Tehaim. Tehaim means the abyss, the center of the earth. Shat'eim, the mystical concept of Tehaim is Hamokam Hayes Atachta Biyes at the lowest levels. And mystically, it's Mokam Amayim Tachtein, the place of the lower waters, like it says in the Pasuk, the Inyan of Yehirakia. Now, when you say Mayim Al Yeim and Mayim Tachteinim, normally Mayim Al Yeim means the water which is permanently above the earth, 100 miles above the earth. And Mayim Tachteinim means the waters in the ocean. Here, Mayim Al Yeim could mean the clouds. Mayim al Yenim could even mean the water in the lakes and the rivers and in the oceans. Mayim Tachtenim means the subterranean water. That's the way the Rebbe seems to be spinning it. Kedis, the Medish, is written in the Medish. Shabbatil, Lahoya, Elamayim, Bamayim, and David, the world. All waters were together. 
And of course, you cover a mayim amokah machad v'teirah yabasha. They wish separated land from the sea and the higher waters and the lower waters, etc. Vaydei hamayim yihidet kiyeh b'teich hamayim. Meshav made a division in the waters from higher to lower. So mayim al yenim al lamal the higher waters became even higher. And Mayim Tachtenim Yardu, the lower waters became even lower. They went not just on the surface of the earth, but beneath the surface of the earth, and what's called the abyss. And the idea of a Nesach is you pour wine, not just that it should reach the waters on the land, but it should go into the Tahoim. So Yerdim Adatayim went over down to the Tahoim, which represents the idea of Amshachal Amata Biyesa, the lowest bringing down of anything. It's not just that the wine's purpose is not to arise. But to descend, they only remain in the same plane. They're meant to go lower than themselves. They're not just going from a higher level to a lower level in a relative way. They're meant to go down to the very lowest levels, which is the place of Mayim Tachtenim, which is considered the Tahim. And the Rebbe brings the Mayim Chazal. The lower waters are crying. So again, some places could even mean the waters of the clouds, or at least the waters of the sea and the lakes and the rivers. Here, Maim Tachtenim means the Me'atahim. And then Asachim go all the way to them. So a carpet is about ascent to Malachim Tatzilas and Terazo Dein Safe. And Asachim means descent till the waters of the earth, until the waters of the Tahaim, beneath the earth. Um, which is the antithesis of, the, of that. So the Rebbe presents us, very simple, took us about a page, more than a page, in other words, two amudim, to present the difference between karbones and the sach. That's it, we're done. Go back to the beginning of the Maimon now, which is on page Shin Yud Dalit, please, okay? I want to read this and pay attention to it. It's, it's not such a big Chiddush. In my class, I've talked about it many times, but I want to point it out. So let's read. The Maimba begins with the Pasukitaveya, well that is Meshvesech, and begin to come to the land which you're meant to settle. And you'll settle it. And then Vasisa Mishalasham begin to bring a carbon. Obapirashrashi and Nashi interprets Ain Zit Sivu, it's not a commandment that you should come and settle the land. That there are many other places where that is commanded. But rather it's a prediction. You can have a feeling in your heart to make a carbon, Nishaladishem. So the Hikara Mak, you're gonna bring a carbon. And of course, some kabbalas are chiyuv, some kabbalas are ashur, some kabbalas are kabbin sibes, some kabbalas are kabbin yachat, some kabbalas are dorin, some kabbalas are davis. But when you bring a carbon, the pasuk adds, "Shazal chiyuv anesach." In it, Yisrael, along with the carbon, you're going to bring the nesach, the libation, the wine and the flour and the oil. And the Rebbe says something interesting: "The chiyuv anesach mudafka kitavei will edit meishveisechem." The nesachem did not begin till they came into edit Yisrael, and the Rebbe is going to bring four opinions. About it. This is based on Chazal. This is the Rishonim speak about it as well, but the Emes is also in Chazal in footnote 2. The Sefri and the Gemara in Zvachim and the Gemara in Kedushin. The Gemara in Kedushin I should remember. The other two I don't hold myself responsible for, but I don't remember it. And there are four opinions of what it means that Nesachim only begins when they go into Etisrael. Number one, in Bemidbad, in Nesachim Klal. In the dead, there's no Chiv Nesachim at all. Even though it's mentioned in Chumash. And Hashem told the Meshach Rabbeinu right after the story of the spies, which is in the second year, they were not given those mitzvahs. So even though in Parshas Tetzaveh, you have Nesachim with the Karbanes, in Parshas Pinchas, you have Nesachim with the Karbanes, Meshach Rabbeinu did not give Yidin these mitzvahs because in the midway there was no Nesachim whatsoever. Number two, Shalohoyachiyav lahaviyah Nesachim. 
that yeah, if a Jew wanted to, if a Jew chose to, there was a nesech, but there was an obligation. Number three, only by a carbon tamid, which is described in Pasha's Tetzave, was there a chiyav for nesachim, otherwise not. Or number four, all four opinions about why there's a link between the pouring of the wine and the and coming at that number one they didn't have it at all. Number two, they had it, but it was not an obligation. Number three, there was on carbon tamid. Number four, there were carbonus tiber. But carbonus yachid, most people brought carbonus. Most carbonus, there was no mitzvah to do the libation. Vayinu shachhi, vayinu sacham b'chol, la carbonus, the obligation to bring the point of wine, but all carbonus is only in Eretz Yisrael dafke, and moreover, lachri ha'yirusha v'yeshiva, you have no obligation to pour wine in this beach till after you conquer Eretz Yisrael. And you have an obligation at that point to pour wine on the Mizbeach. And after you conquer the land, you have an obligation to pour wine on the Mizbeach. Vitor, the Rebbe has one question. Why is there a specific connection between the idea of Nesachim and going into Eretz Yisrael? What's the connection between the two? And of course, I already told you the answer. The answer is because there's a myth, there's an Indian from Shuv that goes along with the Ratzot that begins with Ike when you didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. But Hagufakashe. Why didn't have it in the Midbar? Fine. So I understand that when Yidin were in the Midbar, there was no Nesach, because the union of the Midbar is Ratzibli Shuv. I just saw the Shuv, but why didn't have it? They should have had it in the Midbar, because the Kavana is to have Ratzibli Shuv, the Meraglim, who didn't want to go into the Shuv, were punished. It was considered a big Aveda, their understanding of Ratzibli Shuv. So the question remains outstanding. So we understand that the Sochem is connected to Shuv and different to the Shuv, but why wasn't that way in the beginning? So the Shaila is what's the connection between? Shuv and Nesachim and why is the idea of Nesachim only introduced after the beginning of the birth of the nation and not right away so we turn back to the bottom of page Shinta number 4 so we have a Chazal that says there was no Nesachim in the Midbar even though there's so many contradictions to it in Pashas Tetzave, when he mentions the Vezea Shetasalem, the carbon Tomid, there's a, there's a Nesachim mentioned there. Pashas Pincha speaks about the Nesachim. Pashas Emer, which is the beginning of the 40 years, also mentions each carbon with the with the Mincha and the Nesach. Nevertheless, they learn from this Pashukitavayolazmeshfeishechem. And you're going to sell the land, and you're going to inhabit the land, and then you're going to bring the Mincha. That in one way or another, the Nesach did not imply in the desert. Either they didn't play at all, or there was no obligation, or they were only on Kabbonis Tzibur, and the most edel opinion, I guess the most edel opinions didn't apply at all. But amongst the opinions, it said that there was a concept of Nesach, it was only by the Tumit. And the Shal is why? If Nesachim are a good thing, if Nesachim are a necessary thing, bring them from the beginning. And if you don't have to bring them from the beginning, what is the connection between bringing them and going into Israel? It's almost as if we're saying, in the beginning, do not bring a Nesach. After a time, we're going to change and bring the Nesach. So, if Nesach is good, bring it from the beginning. If it's not good, why are you bringing it later? And you have to answer both sides of this question, which the Rebbe will now do. Okay, so start at the bottom of Shin Tezayin. Ubazeh considering what we just explained in Pedic Beis and Pedic Gimel that Karbonus Saratum going up 
to Srafim, to Havaya, to Razadein Seif. And the Sachim are coming down to Oretz and to the Tehoim. We understand why when you bring a carbon you have to have an Esach as well. Because everything in Yiddishkeit has to consist of a Ratzu and a Shuv. The carbon is the Ratzu and the Esach is the Shuv. A carbon is sacrificed to go away from this world and raise itself up to Akadish Baruch Hu. So, first of all, it's only a half. More importantly, it's, so to speak, the wrong half. The intent and purpose for creation was not to sacrifice and go up. The intent and purpose ultimately is to bring God down. Down. Like it doesn't apostle, Hashem did not create the world for chaos. Hashem created the world to be settled. Let's go to Tanya Perik Mamalev, chapter 41. Well, the Altarim talks about Mesidus Nefesh. And he says there's two levels of Mesidus Nefesh. The level of Mesidus Nefesh by every which Jew, by which, by which every Jew is holding by. And there's a higher level of Mesidus Nefesh which not every Jew is holding by. The Mesidus Nefesh which every Jew is holding by. is to sacrifice yourself, carbon. The Mesiris Nefesh, which not every Jew is holding by, is to sacrifice your sacrifice for Hashem's need. Like a son who loves his parents more than he loves himself, and he gives himself away for their interest. And in the Nimshal, this is what the Ebishter wants. The Ebishter wants, So the Mesiris Nefesh of wanting to be one with Hashem, everybody has. The Mesiris Nefesh of putting away what I want. For the Ebishter wants, which is called Shuv, in the words of the Maimah, this is Tachlas HaKavono, and this is Nesachim. This is the Nesachim of Nesachim. So a carbon by itself is a half. Because the carbon by itself is running away from this world. It's very rewarding for us, but it's not fulfilling what the Abishta created us for. But the Hain Sarakli is Gaminyan and Nesachim, which is why with the carbon we have to have a Nesach. And in Yanam, the concept of the Nesach is Amshacham al Maila Lamata. In addition to going up and becoming one with God, you have to bring godliness down and to the lowest levels till the Tehem Shebazed Dafke Dafke this. The divine purpose, the supernal purpose is realized. So Aratso by itself, you know, let's talk the language of Tanya. Yeah, if you learn Tanya, you know that there's two parts to Tanya. The first part of Tanya discusses how we get out of Yiddishkeit what we want. Which is from 1 till 34. And the second is to get out of Yiddishkeit what the Ebishter wants out of Yiddishkeit. And they're very, very different. We want out of Yiddishkeit, you know, to go away from this world and connect to But the Abish is interested in exactly the opposite. To bring Hashem down, to be which is Kansas Israel, and then to come down into this world. So these two ideas that are written in the Tanya are going to play themselves out in this Maimed in the Karban and in the Nesach. The Karban is what we want out of Yiddishkeit. To run away from this world to become attached to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Nesach is what the Ebishter wants out of Yiddishkeit. That we bring him down. So if you have a Maimed, you have Torah. Which is not just telling us what we need, but what the Ebishter needs us for. 
in such a teira they cannot be a karm without a nesach. That's to be lots of a shave. And he says, It's a very interesting dogma. <coughs> Pardon me. This maimed that we're learning is based on the kutatera and it's based on maimed from Tzemach Tzedek. The dogma that he brings, this is a fascinating dogma. This next few lines are, are, are an add-on. They're a, you know, the maimed would be just fine without them, but they offer an incredible insight. A moidendik insight. Listen. Hashem gave us the luchas, the tablets. And the luchas, he carved the ACS of the Senes Adibris. The first luchas were Maiselekim and Michtavelekim. Everything was done by God. Chorus al luchas, it was carved into the luchas. And of course, in Kabbalah, you learn that the Madrig of the luchas is Ain Seib, which is higher than Atzilas, and so on. So it says on the luchas the words choros ala luchas, and the Mishnah says in Pekiyava, atike choros elocheros. The concept of the luchas gives us freedom. Freedom from what? So you have three different things, which is mentioned in Medrish, in footnote 26. It's the third line from the top of Shin Yitzai. Number one, cheres mi yetzer Number two, cheres mi alachamavis. Number two, cheres mi nashiba. The order of these three is fascinating. First of all, freedom from the yetzer Second of all, freedom from death. And third of all, freedom from subordination to some other nation. It's so fascinating. Unless Shibud means to the Eibishter. So that would mean the Alinya from Yomam Shein Bem But the Luches had the letters carved into the Luches. And the Chazal said, By carving the letters of the Aseris Adibis into the Luches, we achieved freedom from Yetzirah, freedom from death, and freedom from enslavement. So the Rebbe says, think about this. Hine. In Yenachedus, the Torah is supposed to give us freedom. Freedom from Yetzirah, freedom from death, freedom from enslavement. But the Torah did not give us this freedom because it was given to us. It was given to us when it was written onto a stone, but then a chakika carved. The oral version of the Seres Adibris did not have this effect. When Hashem spoke the Seres Adibis, we did not become free from death and from Yetzirah and from Shibut. When He carved the letters into the stone and gave Moshe the stone, that's when we became free from Yetzirah and from Malach and from Shibut. When Hashem wrote the letters of the Aseris Adibris onto the ten, two tablets, that's when we achieved Chedas. So the Rebbe says, think about it. When we heard the Aseris Adibris, we didn't become free. When he carved the Aseris Adibris into stone, we did become free. You know why? Because stone is the lowest Madrega of Asiyah's daemon. And daf, when you bring the Ebesh, down, do you have this Chedas. So the Rebbe says, Hainu, the intent in the Ibishta's purpose in creation is to bring godliness down. So when the Torah was brought down to the letter being etched in stone, that's when we became free. When he spoke the Torah, when he thought the Torah, when he revealed the Torah, this chedas didn't happen. Here's a raya from this Mishnah in Pirkeyavis. The way the Rebbe is nuancing it, the way the Rebbe is spinning it and emphasizing it, that freedom... True freedom happens when Torah comes down till the Madrega of Asiyah and on a level of Chakika, where the stone and the ice is one and the same. Why? It's not because down is better than up. It's because this is Tachos what he wants. 
the Abish that wants that he should be brought down. So when we bring him down, we have this smile. And he continues, the second Chazal the Rebbe brings is directly connected to our sugya. And he brings two Maimari Chazal, one is the both Gmaras and Brachas. Number one. If you read Shema, you don't put on Tfilin first. It's a bringing a carbon without the requisite flour and oil and without the requisite wine. You have to bring them together. Number two. If you read Shema without Tfilin, it's saying false testimony. Now, these are very different things. <laughs> saying Shema, and by the way, this is part of the custom by Chesidim. To put on tefillin in the morning and say min kishma ketana. Uh, some people put it on because they want to eat before davening, which of course the rabbeim permitted. But uh, even though api alocha leitech wal adam, because it helps you daven, like the lashon for the rabbeim marash beset essence leadum daven then daven through the mesin. But even people who don't eat before davening and don't drink before davening put on tefillin because if you're going to daven after zman kishma. So you have to say Kishma in the morning. And that Kishma in the morning is a day raiseh. And there's a chiv of saying Kishma with tefillin. Call okay, the Kishma with tefillin. Two things. Number one, saying a karma without a mincha and a zadok without a nesach. Number two, made edis shekir biyatsmi. Now, one sin, two liabilities. One wrong, I did Kishma without tefillin. Two liabilities. Number one, is I brought a karma without a mincha. And number two, like I said, false witness. Now that's, those two things are so far apart. Saying false witness is one of the worst things. It's considered from the Chamuris. And uh, not bringing a mincha with a carbon is okay, it's not a good thing, but you're not going to say that you're a false witness. How do these two come together? So the Rebbe says, if you'll, if you'll understand what it means, Krishna, without film, you'll see that a carbon without a mincha and false witness are exactly the same thing. And he explains it very practically. Listen. Says the Rebbe like this. Nimtza, I am six lines from the end of the first paragraph on Chen Yudzai. Now, I, I read the Maimed how I wanted to read it. I read it a little bit in the way it's written. I started by reading both my mother Chazal and this. They're both self-contained statements. Now I want to explain how the two Chazal go together. Karbonas belin nesachim, a carbon without a nesach, which is the same thing as Kishim without filling, is kamei edes shekes, false witness. Why? The whole of the carbonus that they brought in the physical sanctuary. And the physical sanctuary is Mishkan Edis, it's a place that tells witness. In other words, the Beis is a proof that the Abish lives in this world. And specifically, the Abish lives in the world amongst the Jewish people. It's the old apostle. So you ask the question rhetorically, you ask the question simplistically, you ask the question profoundly, the question is always the same. Is the Abish the boss of this world or is he not? And if he is, let him stand up. You know, I once heard an atheist say, if I'll believe in God, they should reveal himself. And it's a very good title. Who is God? Is the Abish the boss of this world or not? And of course the answer is, of course he is. And we're witnesses to that. We, the Jewish people, are witnesses of the image of the Malabais of this world. And specifically the Beis Hamikdash, the physical space of the Beis Hamikdash where the Shekhinu was revealed, was a witness that this world is, belongs to HaKadosh Baruch But in order for this world to be a witness that the Shekhinu is Yisrael, 
has to come back into the physical world. Vikiva. Whereas, the whole point is not to say that Hashem is the boss in the higher worlds. The whole point is that Hashem is the boss of this world. And He's the boss of this world because in our life, in our reality, the Ebish is a balabayis. So what has to happen down here? And a carbon without an Eisach is trying to run away from this world. So a carbon without an Eisach is like Krishna without filling. It's called, it's halo leaving this world without a sense that you want to come back down into this world. You see, the idea is, leaving this world without a sense of coming back into this world means you don't really believe that God is the boss. You know, the, what did the Meraglim say? You can't be from in Israel. Impossible. It's too hard. And of course, what did, the, what did Yeshua and Kalev answer? If you can't be a Jew in Israel, you shouldn't be a Jew any place. If the Abish is a balabas, he can be do whatever he wants, wherever he wants. And if he can't do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, then he's not really a balabas. So who are you worshipping? That's the Eid of Shekha. What is the limit of Hashem's power? And of course the answer is there is no limit to Hashem's power. The lack of limit to Hashem's power doesn't show itself in powerful things that he does. Is that you see that he's a balabas on this earth in the physical world and in each aspect and in Karbonis it's represented by the Nesach when you bring a karm which is sacrifice and there's no libation it's Allah you believe that you can have a relationship with God by leaving this world but you don't believe you can have a relationship with God by bringing him into this world there is no Nesach it's false witness how is it false witness because you're basically saying Hashem's power is limited which is exactly what the Menaglim said his power is limited. You can be a Jew in the desert. You can't be a Jew in the real world. Which is why the carbon must have a libation. The carbon has to come along as what's poured on the Mizbeach. Which is Amshach, Alamata being godly in his down. And the Rebbe finishes the first paragraph on page Shinya Zayim with the words, Shebazeh, Dafke, Dafke, this, Nishlemes, Akavana, Yenu, you fulfilled the supernal purpose, which is making a Dinaleyes Barach Metachtein. So, these two statements, if you say Shema without tefillin, it's like you bring a karma without an Esach. And saying Shema without tefillin is false witness is exactly the same thing. False witness means the Abish's power is limited. What is the nature of the limit of his power? He's great up there. Down here is Hefke Petrishke. Like Kayin said, Lazdin Velazdayin. Rachman Litzlan. And the Esach is saying, no, 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 no. With the Krishma comes tefillin. The Krishma is Ratu, the tefillin, the Shuv, this world can be and will be the Abishness, period. Which is why, when you say Krishmi, you should wear tefillin, which the Rebbe is going to explain to us now in Pedic Dalit. And when you bring a carbon, you should bring a Nesach, like the Rebbe explained to us in the earlier Prak. Okay? Let's now begin Pedic Dalit. Let's explain it in Avoid. Hine. We just said before, Kolakeid and Krishma Belait Filin, Krishma without Filin, is Eilible Mincha Vezevach Nesach, which means that Krishma is like a karm, sacrifice going up, and the film is like a Nesach bringing the Abishta down. How? So the Rebbe is going to explain Krishma at length, and Filin much more bakitsid. But the bottom line is he's going to show that Krishma is the idea of Mesidas Nefesh, and Filin represents Mitzvah, which will bring the Abishta down. So we're on page Yud Zayin by the number seven in your text. Ha'in Yud Bazeh says that the Pshat is Kriyashma is Halo. Krishma means going up and going away from this world. Sharin Yin Krishma Pasuk Edition, the preeminent Pasuk Krishma is the first Pasuk. Shma Yisro, 
Way back when, in the times of the Shas, all you had to say was the first Pasuk. And then later on, saying the first Pasuk alone wouldn't give you a chance to get there. And therefore, you have to say many things before and after, right? You say the whole Krishna, but you also say Birches Krishna and then Psukei Dezimna. So they were skin First they made a khatakan say birchis krishma. Then they saw that wasn't enough to be a to say psukidizimra. These are separate mitzvahs. Birchis Krishma goes with Krishma. Psukidizimra is a separate Indian, and they were all put together into one continuum. Haidao, Psukidizimra, Birchis Krishma, Krishma, and Shmanesra. And the reason they had to be joined together is to allow us to achieve the idea of Havaya Echad. Nowadays it's not even enough to say You have to have even more. Which is the Spanos, Contemplate godliness before davening to bring it into a mindset of Mesidus Nefesh. So Shema Yisrael, which now is preceded by Berchus Krishma, and then preceded by Psukidizimre, and then later yet preceded by his Bonnus and Primis Atero, Tachas he. The point of all the prerequisite steps is Shagia leading Shema Yisrael, which should come and touch the Madrig of Shema Yisrael. Heino, this means that first you say Psukid Dezim and Psukid Dezim, we talk about Gadlus Havaya Shabir Salem as the greatness of God in the world, right? So the difference between Psukid Dezim and later is Psukid Dezim is what God does for me on the worldly level. Birchas Krishma, Krishma, and Krishma itself is what God does for me on higher levels and what God is all by himself. So you go gradually. Psukid Dezim is Chikibi Bechutz. Birches Krishna, he doesn't say it in the Maimah, but And he says that Birches Krishna not only is about God in the world that elevates the godly soul and the animal soul. And it's Poyal Allah Nefesh Alakis Val Nefesh Abahamis. And I'm curious why he brings Nefesh Alakis, Lachayr de Chidish Nefesh Abahamis, right? It says in Maimari Chasidis that the first Baruch of Krishna which deals with the Malachim. Is because the shadish of the Nefesh Abahamis of Yid is the Malachim. And we talk about the Malachim because we're trying to trigger the Nefesh Abahamis to relate to its source. And just like the source of the Nefesh Abahamis desires godliness, the Nefesh Abahamis down here should also desire godliness. But the Rebbe insists that the Nefesh Alakis is also involved. Moreover, he puts Nefesh Alakis first. Because Lachayda, you could say that the first Barach of Krishna, which is about the Malachim, is Nefesh Abahamis. The second Barach of Krishna, Ava Salem, Beis Yisrael, Amcha, Ahofta. Um, this is about Neshama Yisrael. Here he says Nefesh Alakis first and Nefesh Abahamis second. And by the way, in footnote 35, he's been signed to Teres Chaim. I did not look up the Teres Chaim. I'm curious what this Tziyun is. And perhaps it's addressing this question. The bottom line is, in Pesukah Dezimah, we talk about the Guf, what Hashem did for us lately. And the Birches Krishna, we talk about the Guf and the Nefesh Abahamis. And he says about the Nefesh Abahamis and Nefesh Alakis. Sheshneim Yachtov, that they join together. They become one. And they say Shema Yisrael. That not only the godly soul Shema Yisrael, the animal soul says it alone. Not only the animal soul Shema Yisrael, the divine soul says it with them. They join together. And he translates each word. Number one, Shema. The word Shema means to collect. Lashon Asif, it says in the Pesach, gather together all of your faculties and all of your senses. All parts of the person, which include Nefesh Lukis and Nefesh Bahamis, are joined together in the declaration of Shema Yisrael. And of course, we all know the famous story, which is in Lukas Asichas. That the Friedrich Rebbe's namesake, the base of Yitzhak Avrucher, Married the daughter of Rebecca Solcher Kasser, who was the son of the Chedabel Rebbe and a Shvaga, the middle Rebbe of Achuli Vachuli. And 
the Cherkasev's shita was that he davened quickly. Not to give the Yitzhahara a chance. Chabad, the shita davening slowly, like the Moshe from the Baal Shem Tev, that when the Ganev is in the wagon, you stop the wagon, you beat him up and you push him out and then you go weiter. So the Cherkasev wanted the Avrucher to daven with a minion and the Avrucher wanted to daven like Chabad. So the father-in-law asks the son-in-law, How do you behave when it comes to davening? So Dav Rucher said, I make every ebbet daven betzibur. Betzibur could mean a minion. But he didn't mean a minion. <laughs> anyway, he davened all day long. So Shver called him, he said, you daven betzibur. He says, yeah, I like to gather all my pieces together. And when all the different pieces of me, wherever they're scattered, are joined, then all of me davens to the Abish. The Tamam Yelelotsim, like it says in the Nechmetesecha. In Abbas Israel. And the word Shema means the same thing to collect. Collect all your different pieces, join them all together, and then you're able to declare Five lines into The power to collect the godly soul and the animal soul and the body and everything else that we possess into a unity that can declare comes because we are Yisrael. The Yisrael Olam Machshav, you didn't come from the Ebesh, this thought from the highest levels. And since we come from the Ebesh, this thought, which is the highest levels, so considering how high our source is, even when the Neshama comes into this world, since it comes in such a high level, it still has the power. Let's say for the Kabbats, it's called to collect everything together. If you look in Yerzachuvah, all creations are created through Shem Elakim and through Dibur. And the Shammah is all created to the Yipach. Here he says, Machshava. The bottom line is the fact that the Neshama is such a high shade, it allows it to have such a great influence on the world. So Shema means to collect all the different parts of yourself. Yisrael with the Koyach that comes from being rooted in the highest levels of godliness. And when you collect all yourself, all of yourself together from this high level, you're able to declare the Shammah What does that mean? It's ten lines into page in Ches. the level of Avaya, which is above above the world. Because over here we don't mean Havaya Loshan Mahave, we mean Havaya Loshan as godliness is above worldliness. And we say Havaya Lekenu, we don't say Havaya Lekim, Lekenu Unzer God, our energy, our life. Alakim does not stand in between Avaya and Alakainu. We live directly from Shem Avaya. So Shema, you're able to gather all of your pieces together with the Kayak of Yisrael and announce that Avaya Lakainu, I live from Gilead Lakus. The power for Yid in this world to announce that even though he lives in Elamazeh, Havaya is his chayis, ain't safe is his chayis, is the fish, it's all come from Hashem's thought. And therefore, even the Kalim and the Rutas Primius are Kalim. Now these words, Bechinus HaKelem, Shosh Pahim HaKelem, Lechelem means that Neshama Yisrael come from Pnimi HaKelem, not from Chitaini HaKelem. V'leikam Allahum Shosh Pahim HaKelem. I mean, the way I understand it from the Geras HaTshuva, the, the uh, world is created from Chitaini of Chitaini HaKelem, including the Malachim. Neshama are created from Pnimi of Chitaini HaKelem. Mitzvahs are from Chitaini of Pnimi HaKelem, and Asias HaTair are Pnimi of Pnimi HaKelem. This is how I understand it based on the Ayin Beis, but it's been probably 25 years since I learned it 20 years since I learned it or so the last time but Nishames even though they're connected to Kalim but they're connected to the idea of Kalim which is in a state of Bittl so the real source of Nishames is the Abish just thought 
the manifest source of the Nisham is from Kalim, but from Pnimius HaKalim. And therefore, the Nisham, which is Pnimius HaKalim, has a great bit of Baruch Hu called Yisrael that allows it to say, Adesham Aleikeinu. Or Pnimius HaKalim, Mesachas Gemurah Me'ed, it says in Chassidus, that the inner aspect of the Kalim is very one with the light. Hamislavish b'kliya, not like Chassidus Akeli, which is David, which is not so David Echad ben Hamislavish. This is a very complicated sugya, the sugya of Pnimis Akeli and Chassidus Akeli, the concept of Kelim versus Levushim, and the concept of Kelim Levushim versus Echolus, and then of course the concept of Vatsilas versus Bia. But these are all details. The Rebbe here mentions enough details to confuse us, but not so many details that we have to actually stop the Maimed and analyze it. The bottom line is Neshamas come from Achshava, and they come from when as much as they come from Kelim, they come from Pnimis Akeli. And therefore, they're in a position to say, Shema Yisrael, Adi Shem Aleikeinu. And we, Velachain, therefore, Hinya Shem Aleikeinu, Leim that we, as we live physically in this world, live from Shem Avayim. But then we say, Adi Shem Echad. And what does the Shem Echad mean? Shekol Ritzayni Eini Elo, the only will that a person desires is Hashem Echad Bulvad. So there's a lot of translations to Havaya Echad, right? And Rashi says, Hashem Aleikeinu Be'elam Azeh, Hashem Echad to the whole world, lost in love. Here we talk to the Hashem Alekeinu, we live from Shem Havaya. And Hashem Achod, the only thing that interests us is Havaya. So all of the preparatory stuff, there's Baruch Kedem Atfila, and they don the Brachas of Baruch Shom and Yishtabach and the Pesukah de Zimna, and the Brachas before Krishna and Krishna. They're all leading to the establishment, to the announcement, Shema Yisrael Adinoy Eleheinu Adinoy Achod, which means you gather all of your pieces together and you assert that we live from godliness itself, and the only interest we have is godliness. So it all leads up to Krishna. And the Rebbe's point is that Krishna is Ratzel. It's going away from this world and attaching ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch. The Cholzeh Poyol, number 9, on page Shinyiches, all of this effects, there should be, that we should love Hashem with all our heart and all our soul and all of our strength. And L'Chayr, this is Ratzel. But let's leave it. And it brings in the second Pasha of Krishna. It begins with the Pasuk V'hoyim Shemayim. But look at the words that the Rebbe focuses on. Shekam kasher ha'odam uvamayim edumatav sheshayach l'inyoni ha'ilam. That we're not talking about a Jews in Beis Medrish or in Shul. And it's only reality is Terev Aveda and he is out in the world. And he's busy with Parnosov asafta deganecho. He's collecting grain. So the Pasuk says, He shomru lechem pen yifta levavchem v'sartem v'avadatem l'kim ha'chedem. But he observes. Pen Yiftalavcha means there's a possibility that you can have a bad thought. Vesat Vadim Elkimachem, you become a pagan. There's a very big difference between a bad thought and being a pagan. Says the Rebbe, there are some people who are so refined that the bad thought is defined by them as already being a pagan. And that's how you read this puzzle. How do you margish? A person feels because he's so sensitized. It's seven lines from the bottom of Shinchas. To godliness through the declaration of Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echod. Shaf Shari is the penyiftel of Avachem. The possibility of being seduced in a negative direction. He b'shova mamish im is exactly the same as v'sartem v'avadatem alakim achedim worshiping other gods. One thought that's not consistent with Achz Hashem is equal to avedazarem mamish. Why do this means? Kasher levove rak poyne gitzach epasaker melelakus. If the only thing I care about is godliness, and I turned away from godliness even one drop, in other words, a person who's really tuned into Achtas Hashem, intellectually and emotionally and spiritually, understands that when it comes to Nyanam of Achtas, the slightest chesodin is the same as Avedazar. 
הנה, כן, מאמין לשמע ישראל, בפוי יש את שמע ישראל, דרך איש יושב בעיניו, everybody likes himself. And if you like yourself, maybe it's taken, deserve to be liked. But if you like yourself, you'll say, this is a small Aved and this is a big one. I wasn't Aved Aved Azara. I didn't speak to her that I thought. But, if you did the Shema with the Koyach of Yisrael, and the Shema Lekeinu, and the Shema Chod, so you'll realize if in reality there's nothing but HaKadosh Baruch Hu Man, the Mach, the Mechaykod, the Malka, if you make a move in front of a king, it's Hebech HaChayim. It's a death. If you say Krishna correctly, by the time you get to the Yishamrulachem, simply thinking a thought that's not good is equal to Avedazara Mamish. And the motivation for all of this is the Shema Yisrael. And he explains, last line on Shrit Chazvahainu. If you haven't said Krishna yet, you are not yet standing in front of the king. So you could think that Pen Yifte and Vesatem Shnei and Yonim. A bad thought and worshipping idols are not in the same world. If you achieve the real sense of Ein Eid Milvadeh, Avayechad means that the only interest they have is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you love him infinitely, you reach a point of Edelkeit, where you do not separate between thinking about thought and doing Avayi Dezor Mamsh. So we had a whole page, a very nice page, right? He explained, first of all, the need for his Bonanus Kedem Matfila, very quickly. But he went through all of these points. His Bonanus Kedem Matfila, Psukha de Zibel, which speaks about Hashem for me in this world. Birches Krishna, which is rallying the Nevesh Kisa and the Nevesh Bahamas, because the Nevesh Bahamas is Shadish to want Akadish Baruch. And then Kriya Shma, which is to collect all parts of ourselves with the Koyach of Yisrael and to say Avaya Lekenu, that we live from Shema Avaya. And to say Hashem Echol, we have no interest except for godliness. And therefore we love him to the point of Bechol Mo'edichol. And then we have the Hishamru Lechem Pen Yifta Levavchem Vesart. That the smallest infraction is like Avedah Zorah. But now the Rebbe concludes, Shin Yutes, four lines into the page of Nimtza. The point of all this is that Klolo Se'inyan De Krishma, Krishma as a whole, is Allah V'hayetzia Megedera Kelem. It's about running away from this world. Connecting to Hashem by getting out of here. Like Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alakein, Hashem Echad, you raise yourself up so high that the Havaya Echad, the only interest is God. Which is concept of Halot. It's an incredible spiritual experience running away from this world and running to God, sacrificing oneself to God. It's, it's incredible. And of course, it involves sacrifice. It's just missing one component. And the word that is important to remember when you talk about this final component is the word purpose. What Hashem wants you for. And this you have to have to fill. Hashem didn't create us to run away. He created us to bring him here. Omlam, however, tefillin is hamshacha. Is that along with the Messias Nevesh of Krishna, we have to bring Hashem down. That you don't just speak the words of Shema, but you write them down basis Aksav, written words. Just like we said two pages ago on Shinyud Zayin. That the idea of Chedus came from carving the Aseras into stone. We're now saying that we bring the Abishta down, not by saying Krishna, but by writing it down on parchment. Which is Amshachasadishem Echad Lamata, bringing the Aksav into this world, which is the purpose. 
So you have to say Krishna with tefillin, meaning to say that as much sacrifice as you're having when you're saying Shema, the point of it is, the end of all is, the primus of it is, the tachas namatara of all it is, to bring Hashem into the world. And of course, we all know that the inyur of Krishna and Shemineser is Ratzay and Shev. We learned this last summer. When I gave the classes on the beginning of Shedish Mitzvah Tefillah, So the whole point is Krishna's taka sacrifice, running away, and fill every bracha is a different kavana because you're bringing the Abishta down. And it's weird, why? Shminas is higher than Krishna, and yet Krishna is Ratsa Shminas is Shuv. Because the highest Indian is not running away from this world. And connecting Takadash Baruchu, the highest Aveda in this world is taka bringing the Abishta down. So the Rebbe says, after one ascends in Krishna, you say, when you daven, you're creating a new will, and the whole point of this new will is that it shouldn't remain supernal, it should be manifest. A new will of HaKadosh Baruch should come into the physical world to change it physically. Of course, the famous question, and this is how the Yigeres HaKedosh Kuntesach and Hov Masha Kosleb Priyetz Chaim opens with the idea of davening being higher than Teir and Tefillah because davening actually physically changes the world. A person was sick and he davened and he's healthy. A person is poor and he's davened and he's rich. You don't have that in Teir. You don't have that in Mitzvah. You only have it in Tefillah. But it has to be Tefillah in the Madrege of Esim Esenah Shalmokim. Madrege B'chol Meidecha. That Tefillah is Mamishach Hashina Yomazah Bepashtas or Begashmias. But the bottom line is Shmenesre is the highest level of davening and its greatness is expressed in the fact that we're physically affected with Panosa and with Gezun and Alagotazach. Shite. So the Rebbe spent a page plus explaining Krishna being Ratsu and ten lines explaining Tfilin being Shuv and he connects it to Shmenesra, of course. But don't let the longer discussion on Kriyashma and the shorter discussion on Shmenesra let, on Tfilin let you think that one is more important than the next. It's the combination. Krishna is Ratsu in all of the steps that he listed, and the Tfilin is Shuv in all of the importance of that. For the same reason, the Gemara says, all of Tfilin is compared to Tfilin, and this means the Mitzvah because every Mitzvah's idea is Amshach Alamat. It's not just Tfilin, but all the Mitzvahs that are comparable to Tfilin, the Holy Union, to bring the Abish down into this world. So Krishna and Tfilin is Ratsi Vishuv. And carbon and Nezer is also Ratzi Vishayiv. Which leads us back to our original question. Why, when the Abish gave us the Teira originally, and he gave us the Mitzvah of Karbonus, did he say no Nesach? No Nesach at all, no Mitzvah for Nesach, only for Karbonus Sibir, only for Karbonus Tamid. What's the game? If it's good, do it all right away. And if it's not good, why do it later? And the Rebbe is now going to address this question. Peirik, hey. You come to the land which is supposed to settle. And then you bring a Nesach. The obligation to pour wine on the Mizbech that should go down to the sheet and into the Tehem is first of all in Yisrael, not in Chutzlaret. And second of all, only La'ache, Yerusha, Yeshiva, after they conquer it and settle it. Because in the Midmud was Karban and why? But the life in the desert, which was the holiest and purest life, but it's It's not about the world, it's about God. And that's the concept of the Midbar, which is Eretz Siyash Eim There's no life there. 
because the union of Mayim is Hamshacha, and the Midbar is Halal. Now, the Midbar, when the Yidin were there, was an incredible place, right? Vashtet Chazal, that Kol Mokim, wherever they rested, even the rest of it, Api Hashem Yachin, Api Hashem Yisrael, was a Kviyas, because it was Api Hashem. They stayed one day in a place that had dinner with Rishon Sarabim, the Raise, because Api Hashem. So there was something very permanent about the time they spent in the Midbar, but it was desert-esque. It was Ratzabali Shuv. And the Rebbe says, Zazu, That's a story with the spies. That why did they say that also? Because they looked at what they had. The Midbar was a world where they were literally and figuratively surrounded by clouds. Food came from heaven. Water came from Iraq. Their clothing was naturally stretched and freshened. Why would they want to go into Tessal and become farmers? Or as they say it in the fancy agriculturalists. Because they were in a state of Allah. And the Midbar is a place of Allah. Therefore, in the Midbar, the carbon was brought. Because the carbon represents Ratsu. But the Nesach represents Shuv was not brought. in the Midbar, So in the Midbar, there was no Nesachim because their life was Ratsi Shuv. In other words, they didn't have Nesachim in the Midbar because they didn't serve Hashem on a level of Nesachim. They had only Ratzibali Shuv. The whole world was They're only busy studying Taita. They were removed from the world. They had no need for the Nesachim. So they didn't bring the Nesachim. And of course, you know the Rebbe Siche. It says in the Gemara, there's two days about it, but one of the days is the generation, I'm sorry, Deir HaMidbar, Deir HaMidbar, not the Deir HaMabo. Deir HaMidbar, the generation of the Jews in Deir HaMabo. Why? Because they never want to go into Israel. So Hasidus explains because we hold, the Ramban holds, the Tachas Aschad is Gashmias, and they wanted Ruchnias. So Elam Habo, which is about the reward or the experience of bringing Hashem into Gashmias, was something they did not design, they didn't earn it. And of course, the Rebbe right away adds that they are Midbar, Einlam, Chelik Elam Habo by themselves. But because of Meisha Rabbeinu, as Rabban Shah Yisrael, Vayikbar Eisei Bagai, Moshe does not go into Yisrael, he remains with his generation. He, and of course, he certainly has Elam Haba, because he was Mechabe he slept along his whole generation. But the Meraglim Tainid Ratzay Belishuv is consistent with a Kadm without an Esach. Avel Geshebo, Eretz Yisrael, then they came into Eretz Yisrael. And there was Yusha and Yeshiva. And they became Eretz Meshach in their own land, Befen Shalas Yashvus. Every individual got his peace, and each one settled his peace. That became the time for the Nesa. Fine. So we understand why in the Midbar they didn't have a Nesa. We understand why coming into Israel they didn't have a Nesa until they settled the land. But the bottom line is that the argument is that they were missing something in the Midbar. You explain why they didn't have it, but they were missing it. Rebbe says, no. Listen to this. Four lines from the bottom of the page in your test, the answer to the question is as follows. In order to successfully bring the Ebishtid into this world, you have to appreciate the need to run away from it first. While the Jews were in the desert, they needed to be in the desert, which is Ha'Allah, without Amshacha. This is the, not the final purpose, the Rebbe says, if you don't appreciate your desire to get out of this world, you cannot make this world into God. The famous Sikh in the Rebbe, the Sikh Achel Dal, Perik Dalet, where the Mishnah says, you're forced to live and you're forced to die. So the question of the Rebbe is, if you're forced to live, you want to do opposite of life. And if you're forced to die, that means you want to live. How can it be both? And the Rebbe says, if you don't have both drive, you have neither. 
If you don't want to go back to Hashem, you can't make a deal with Hashem. If you're not affected by to go back to Hashem, they feed each other. So first you have to have a desire to be one with God. That sets up the possibility of asking yourself, in addition to wanting to be one with God, what does God want from me? And that sets up the shuv, you see. And this is the answer to the question. Why in the midbar was the no nesachim? Because only by having no nesach in the midbar could they have a nesach going into Israel. In other words, there needs to be a period of time when the avoid is takerasibalishuv. There needs to be a period of time where all you're doing is running away from this life, getting out of here, connecting to Hashem. It's not the kavano, but it sets up the kavano. It's like you know, to, before you go on shlich, it's to be a bocher temchtmimim. The rotsi is first. And this answers both questions. There must be nesachim. There must be shuv. This is takasak kavon. Otherwise, it's made made it sheker. But there needs to be a period when there is only rotsu, which sets up the appreciation for the rotsu together with the shuv. And that's why in the midbar they had davkin nesachim, no nesachim, just carbon. And in Eretz they got the mitzvah of nesachim. That's the teretz. So we ask two and a half. The question was, if Nesachim are a good thing, why did they not have in the Midbar? If they're not a good thing, why do they have them in Eretz Yisrael? And the answer is, Nesachim are a good thing. Nesachim represents Shuv. But the ability to do the Shuv correctly depends on having the Ratsi alone first. So the Maimir's principal point is done. The Rebbe is going to make one more point, which we're going to lead now. Vezeh Hogah of last line of page in your test, it explains the Pasuk. In other words, the three lines of the page Shinchav, the ultimate end is Chesed, kindness. This means in the beginning has to be exclusively Allah. When you start out your life, you have to run to Kaddish Baruch and get away from this world. It's necessary to do this in order to be able to make later a dira but the point is not the dira is not the ratsu which the show. The point is chesed, which is amshacha. And when you bring it to the lowest levels until the lowest place possible, which is you bring it below only to people who are holy, it's not true chesed. When you bring it to that's real chesed. The example from the fact that Ramavin was Makar of the Arvi. And the same is true also chesed chafasi, which is a tachos so the word that the Rebbe is saying is, you fulfill the Diralis Barapatachtenu through an act of Chesed. And Rabbi Isai, I'm reminded again, I always bring up the same word of the famous letter, which is printed in the of the Alter Rebbe, which he wrote, Karavuz Manas Talkusi, which begins with the words, Hanefesh Hashvela. And what the Alter Rebbe says is, that the Ebishter created a world. And before he created the world, there was a meeting between Chesed Emes Nivgoshu Emes Amar Al Yibre Chesed Amar Yibre. And the Abish listened to Chesed to create the world. What kind of a Chesed? A Chesed She'ena Shalemes. 
is accomplished through bluff, but you did a good deed. You want to talk about Emes? No one is stopping you. You want to do things Hashem Shemaim? No one is stopping you. But until Hashem Shemaim stops you from doing a mitzvah, it's very counterproductive. In the beginning, just take a But in the end, it has to be shuv. And therefore, they could not stay in the mid and so had to go into Eretz Yisrael. And when they came into Eretz Yisrael, then they conquered the land. And then they settled the land. This chayva bin and they became obligated to pour libations. Why on the mizbeach? Who the ultimate end of and purpose which the Abish created the world. His last was lays baradir, but to make this world and this is accomplished through shuv. So the Maimed explains in the midbar to be not so alone. And the Maimed further explains that when they came into Tisra, that to be not Okay, I hope this was clear. I hope I spoke not too fast. And we know that Friday we're going to do, like I said before, from Tafshin Lamed Zayin, and I'm hoping next Wednesday we'll do uh, Yudbis Thomas.